you can host the best backyard barbecue. When you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside, repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. Hey, friend, Steve here. And Larson. And welcome back to Going in Raw Countout. It's official. It's back. Larson, we're bringing it back. At the end of 2018 now, and in the beginning of 2019 also. We'll be back in some form. Yeah, it's going to come back. Well, they were bringing back like weekly. We're not doing that? Well, I mean, we have going in raw views going, going back on Saturdays. Oh, I mean, too. when we're back in the normal run of things. We'll Depending on the ideas we can come up with. This hard, that was the thing before. We were running out of ideas. We can come up with ideas. We'll do it more all the time. The people want it. We're going to give it to the people, Larson. That's right. Anyway, we're just making decisions here on the air. Um, so we usually do things. Pretty much. So anyways, yeah, uh, winding down 2018. Yeah. Uh, when is this going up? What day is Christmas, this going up? Or sorry, New Year's Eve. New Year's Eve. December so, 31st. Wow. Couldn't get any closer to the end of the year uh, if we tried. So yeah, 2018's uh, almost in the books. Uh-huh. So it's a good time to look back and take a look at... The year that was. The year that in was. In the wrestling ring. Of course, last week we did our wrestlers who had the best and worst 2018s. If you haven't checked those out yet, please do. Yes. Um, but we're now, we're keeping uh, our discussion focused on what happened in the ring. Mm-hmm. Who put forth the greatest performances in all of wrestling in the ring itself. Yes. Top 10 matches of 2018. Yes. Of course, there's a lot more than just 10 matches. That were good. In yeah, you want some honorable mentions before we continue? Yeah, let's do honorable mentions. All first. right, here's just a few. There's a bunch on 205 Live. We could almost do top ten best matches on 205. There's a lot of great ones. This one between Cedric Alexander and Mustafa Ali after Enzo was stripped of the title. There's a lot of turmoil going on in terms of what was going to be next for 205 Live, um, and these two guys main evented the episode that aired on January 23rd. Magnifique. Reminded us all what cruiserweight wrestling was all about. Reminded yeah. us what. Incredible talents. Yeah, we're on two hundred five live, and from there the cruiserweight tournament to determine new champion had a ton of good matches. Uh, Cedric versus Ronda Rondrick Strong. Ronda Great. Strong. Yeah, no. Um, and then uh, a match between Mustafa Ali and Buddy Murphy. Yeah. Great. That's one where yeah. Mustafa Ali did the the, the four fifty on the Buddy Murphy's arm. Fantastic. Match. The thing about two hundred five live matches is that almost all of them, almost every single one of like the better ones with like their top four talents. Yeah. Have Spanish flies. Yeah, I know. Several, multiple matches have multiple Spanish flies. Yes. So um, that's awesome as well. Um, uh, Will Ospreay versus Marty Skrull, Sakura Genesis. Yeah, I know Will Ospreay just about broke his neck lining on his head. Yeah. That was a scary spot. However, the rest of the match was really good. It's kind of one of the reasons I didn't really want to put this on the top 10. I don't want to encourage bad behavior, Larson. All right. And that was a match where I'm sorry that Spanish fly off the apron onto the floor. That's bad behavior. Well, I mean, accidents happen, man. Uh, another one, this match from Raw, uh, Finn Balor versus Seth Rollins. I believe the Intercontinental title match mm. was really good. Yeah, it was a really good match. Um, we had They had a decent little feud. It was they like did. a little mini feud. They did. Um, we had two awesome matches at TLC, Daniel Bryan versus AJ Styles. Um, Meltzer described it as a New Japan-style match, gave it four and three-quarter stars. Just missed the cut. Um, the Women's Triple Threat TLC match, Becky versus Charlotte versus Asuka, awesome. So that literally came down to a coin flip. 
Yeah. Because I kind of grouped that match in with Becky and Charlotte's uh, Evolution match, mm-hmm. their last woman standing match. Mm-hmm. And, I, you know, I think they, I think, I know you prefer the last woman standing match. Yeah. I kind of put them on par with each other, even though the last woman standing match probably had a little bit more going on to it. It was a bit more physical. Well, I thought it was, it was a bit more physical. And I thought just the story being told was, uh, I don't know, just more well-developed. I yeah, like. yeah, I could see that. Um, however, the significance of Oscar winning the SmackDown Women's Championship, I think, elevated, in my mind, the other one a bit in importance, if not yes, like the I actual agreed, match agreed. itself. I mean, it, it, like I said, it was a coin flip. It just barely didn't make the cut. So it kind of like, it, they're both on there. Yeah. It was literally like, and I literally said, let's just flip a coin to see which one goes on the list. I guess we could have put both of them on. We, I mean, yeah, but this is, you know. Uh, Minoru Suzuki versus Hiroshi Tanahashi at New Beginning where Minoru Suzuki spent the better part of a half hour just destroying Hiroshi Tanahashi's leg. As a huge Minoru Suzuki fan, that was incredibly rewarding. Yeah, it was a great match. It was a great match. Uh, Daniel Bryan versus Brock Lesnar. It's probably Brock Lesnar's best match he's had since his return to WWE in 2012. I, yeah, this might actually be on my personal top 10. It was great. Because this was the one match that we stood, that we sat there in discomfortable silence. For a while until Daniel Bryan made his comeback. And then we were like, oh. Yeah. Oh, is he going to have a chance here? It was, uh, it, this was scary to watch. Obviously, we're all very cautious about Daniel Bryan. We're all mm-hmm. tentative watching mm-hmm. him. Um, but, oh, my goodness, that was a phenomenal match. It was fantastic. Th- that would probably go on my personal top ten. Um, but so many really, really good matches in 2018. I think yes. 2019, we're going to see a lot more. 2018, unfortunately, we saw one of the uh, dudes on, on our list, um, Hiromu Takahashi, who's put in fantastic match after fantastic match. You know, unfortunately, he's not probably going to be around 2019 to, to wrestle. Yeah, probably not. Um, but, man, so much good wrestling. Yes. So much good wrestling. A lot wrestling. of awesome, awesome, awesome wrestling. Let's kick the list off in earnest, Steve, at number 10. Number, t- number 10. 10. Sammy Callahan versus Pentagon Jr. at Impact Slammiversary. So you have to fill me on this one. I still haven't seen it, even though I'm a huge Pentagon Jr. fan. I think he's great. Sammy Callahan, his work from what I hear in Impact has been really good. Um, I know there was like a, 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 a railroad spike or something involved and a bat. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and it was really bloody. And then this match gave uh, Pentagon the title of hardcore guy from TNA. Well, hardcore guy from TNA versus other hardcore guy from TNA, Sammy Callahan. Um, Slammiversary was actually one of my favorite shows, uh, wrestling shows of the year. Um, I thought it was their sort of peak moment. Uh, they had a pretty good bound for glory after that. Uh, but it was kind of, that was kind of tainted a bit by Austin Aries, uh, behavior immediately following the finish of that particular pay-per-view. And I don't really think they've done a lot of great stuff since then, even though I really like Moose. But getting back to Slammiversary, a lot of great matches there, but my favorite was this match. It was two guys who revel in doing outlandishly violent things, um, and uh, and there there did seem to be a bit of a game of one-upsmanship going on here. Of course, Sammy Callahan came into this hot off of his feud with Eddie Edwards, mm-hmm. where he sort of solidified his reputation and impact as crazy guy who does crazy stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, of course, you know, the, the baseball bat was there. They, they got spikes uh, involved in this. And, yeah, there was one bit where uh, Callahan put uh, – no, Pentagon put the spike on Callahan's head and, like, tried to, like, hit it and missed and whacked him on the head instead. And then he got the, the actual thing. 
So, yeah, it was a, a brutal match. It's the kind of thing that you'd expect from Pentagon. It's, it's one of these things you get two guys who are in the ring anyways and in character, like just crazy. Yeah. And, and that's what you, you should expect to get. Um, I really enjoyed the feud uh, between uh, OVE and the Lucha Brothers, uh, what I saw of it anyways. Um, it was a lot of goofy fun. Uh, and, uh, and, yeah, I thought this was definitely the highlight uh, of, of, of impacts 2018 of impacts 2018 for sure yeah i think that they were able to run take a lot of good feuds and run with them uh they didn't have like a spectacular second half uh but you know hopefully with this new tv deal on the pursuit channel the what the pursuit channel i'm Larson. afraid i've never heard of that let me check pursuit you say right the pursuit channel yeah, I don't have that on my cable provider. As in, we're in... The we're, pursuit of trying to find the channel. <laughs> we're in the pursuit of a TV deal with a network that people have access to. Yeah. That's probably important. If you have Cox, apparently you have access to yeah, it. Yeah, or DirecTV or I wonder how, Network. How deep of a package do you have to pay for to get the pursuit channel? The deepest. The deep, probably Talk about a deep cut channel. I know. That's a deep cut, man. Deep cut. But yeah, that was a fantastic match. Moving on. Yeah. Number nine. Nine. The Golden Lovers versus the Young Bucks at New Japan Pro Wrestling. Strong style evolved. We were there for this match. We were there for this match. How we're not sitting next to each other. You were over there <laughs> while I was here. Um, both I was sitting stands. next to James from Couch Up. Yeah. I was and Big to, Jeff. Sitting next to my wife. Uh, it was a long show because the seats weren't comfortable. <laughs> well, um, it was a long show. And, and it was made longer. longer because the seats weren't comfortable. Ooh, this boy, was the yeah. main event. Fantastic. Even though there was a couple rough spots, there was a, when uh, Kota Ibushi uh, almost fell on his head when he was trying to do the, the moonsault mm-hmm. in unison with Kenny Omega. And there's another moonsault spot where looks like there was a, a mistiming between Kenny and Kota. Put those two uh, uh, spots aside. Fantastic. Brutal match. Yep. Um, really building on the tension within Bullet Club at the time. Man. And afterward, I remember Kenny grabbed the mic and said, I might have a broken orbital bone yeah. from this match because it was that brutal level of brutality that these two teams, I mean, Kenny and the Young Bucks are supposed to be best friends. They're yeah. the elite. Best friends. But they brought it. Prior to this match uh, was, I think, Hangman Page versus, versus Jay White, yeah. For the U.S. title, I think, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I went up to the concourse and, and just walked around, stood yeah. and walked around, talked to Sandra a little bit. She was there. And... uh and so I was okay. This was, you know, the Young Bucks during some of 2017, a little bit towards the beginning of 2018, they were a bit more vocal about defending themselves in people from people claiming that they were basically, you know, spot wrestlers. Uh, and they would, you know, say, no, nah, man, we're, you know, we're storytellers. Yeah. And I think <clears throat> especially Nick would be a bit more vocal about that. They would take offense to people saying that they, did, they weren't storytellers. This was, I personally feel... This had to have changed the, uh, the perception, of the people, perception yeah, yeah, in yeah. people that they had about the Young Bucks. Um, I, I, I think you and I both understood that they were actually pretty magnificent storytellers. Mm-hmm. But holy crap, this was really to a whole new level. The, 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 the amount of sort of interpersonal dynamics, relationship dynamics yeah, yeah. involved in this match. We saw the hesitancy from Kenny to take things too far as well as Nick Jackson. It was Matt, if I remember correctly who was like, no, mm-hmm. this is a fight. We're going to fight now. Yeah, yeah. And so uh, I that was really strong. That To me, the, the emotion and the drama 
carried the match, but the match itself just on the surface was magnificent mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. It was a really brutal 37 minute battle. That yeah. saw the golden lovers come out victorious. Yeah. This was really fantastic. Uh, next number eight, eight, the gauntlet match from raw February 19th. 2018. My goodness, this was that long ago. A long ago. time ago. It was, wow. it was a pretty uh, a ballsy move on Vince's part to book one match to take up the first two hours of Raw. I know. I saw uh, John. I was looking at the notes where I was like, John Cena. He hasn't been in the company forever. Yeah. And yeah, I guess it was that long ago. Wow. So this match was set up, I believe, to the winner would be the last person out of their pod at Elimination Chamber. So it was all the participants from Elimination Chamber, the pay-per-view that was going to happen the following Sunday. Um and as I said, the winner would come out last. Um, and going into it, we had no idea this was going to last two hours. And going into it, we had no idea that Seth Rollins was going to wrestle half the match. Yeah. He took he wrestled for about an hour. And outside of uh, Kenny Omega and Kazuchika Okada's main event, Dominion, probably the most impressive single wrestling performance of the year. Um, lasting an hour. And delivering a heck of a performance, probably the best performance in all of WWE for the entire year. And it came at a really important time for Seth because ever since he turned face, it seemed like he had there was some struggle with him settling into that role. It's um, kind of interesting because at this point now, it's it's really easy to to, to forget that because um, now he is completely, oh, completely at, ease. at ease with it. But there was, yeah, there yeah, was some struggle Even going there, back yeah. a year prior, his feud with Triple H, mm-hmm. before that, when he first kind of turned face, it, I mean, granted, it could have been creative, could 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 have been him not really finding the voice of that character, some combination thereof, and it's, and then he got hurt um, uh, when Joe showed up. He got healthy enough to have his match against Triple H, which I thought was great. And then he seemed to be have some good momentum for a time, and then... Uh, it, the, the the shield was good. No, this is before that. Sorry, um, and then again, it seemed like he was kind of floundering for a little bit. Mm-hmm. And early this this year, it, it was it was kind of easy to forget what an incredible performer Seth Rollins was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Until this match, this yeah. reminded everybody how awesome Seth Rollins is. Yeah, this really did seem to be kind of a turning point. Yeah. in his role as face. I mean, you know, we we sort of clown Roman a little bit for calling them the workhorses of WWE. Because at that point, largely thanks to that match, mm-hmm. this gauntlet match, you sort of remembered, oh, man, that's right. Seth Rollins is totally the workhorse yep. of WWE. Yep. Like, that made all the sense in the world. Yep. Um, so, yeah, it started out with him. Uh, Roman versus Seth. That's right. Roman versus Seth. Uh, Seth beat Reigns with a roll-up. Yeah. Uh, then out comes, I mean, the, the brilliance of this is just the first two people that he had to face. Yep. It's like when we watched Vengeance 2001, Jericho claimed, you know, he made the claim successfully that, hey, I beat Stone Cold and The Rock in one night. Similarly, Roman Reigns and John Cena, mm-hmm. like two guys who are basically unbeatable in the WWE. Yeah, yeah, Seth beat back-to-back. Yeah, cleanly. Cleanly, also. yeah, yeah. Um, next was, was John Cena. Uh, this was this part, I remember this match being really good because um, Seth kicked out of an AA and then Seth gives Cena an AA which Cena of course kicks out of and then Seth reverses an AA into that cool knee super kick curb stomp Seth goes over Cena really gave Seth the kind of AJ SummerSlam yeah, 2016 gave him the treatment yeah, yep. or 2017 uh, next was Elias um, uh John Cena did an interview during this match. That's one thing I kind of liked that they cut away the interviews while the yeah. action was happening. Yeah. Um, and it took a while, but eventually Elias went over, beat Seth after a drift away. 
But as I said, Seth was in this match a good hour. Mm-hmm, yeah. Uh, next, Finn Balor taking on Elias. Finn Balor was in this match for a while, too. Mm-hmm. Um, they went back and forth for a while. Uh, we got to hear from Seth, talk about how he came up short. However, he was in the match for an hour, nothing to be ashamed of. Uh, Finn beat Elias after a coup de gras. Next was The Miz. Of course, that was when he was with The Miz Taraj. Um, so The Miz Taraj got involved, uh, a distracted Finn. Miz took advantage, attacked him from behind. Um, eventually, Finn takes out the entire Miz Taraj via a plancha. Um, Fizz goes for a coup de gras. Miz Taraj distracts him. Miz hits skull crushing finale, picks up the win. Last match of the gauntlet Miz versus Braun Strowman. Guess who hit one this one? Braun Strowman did. You're right. Miz. Oh, sorry. Braun Strowman. Yeah. Braun sorry. Strowman did. Yeah. He kicked out of a skull crushing finale, tosses Miz out of the ring into the Miz Taraj. Uh, power slam beats Miz. Yeah. He gives an interview. Power slams for the entire Miz Taraj and two more for the Miz. Yeah. Braun Strowman was the last in Elimination Chamber. Really fun match. Like I said, really ballsy to take two hours of Raw, take two-thirds of your show and dedicate it to one match and tell a lot of amazing in-ring stories during the I, process. I loved this episode of Raw. I thought mm-hmm. it was probably my favorite episode of Raw of the year mm-hmm. exactly because of that. When you kick off with just two hours of really great storytelling wrestling, mm-hmm. no silly skits, no goofiness, no reiterations from the week before. Just no needless recaps. Like what, six guys battling for one prime yep. spot. Yep. Um, it, it was absolutely fantastic. Yeah, it, it was, was great. Yeah. Number seven. Seven. Hiromu Takahashi versus Taiji Ishimori. Best of the Super Juniors finals. Uh, this was a fun match because... It, took, it takes place at, at, at Corkin Hall, and it's a very intimate venue, mm-hmm. which usually, I think they mentioned it during the, the show, that this the finals usually held elsewhere because that was going under uh, going under uh, renovations to make it earth, more earthquake-proof. Um, they had it at Corkin Hall the first time in five years, and it really allowed uh, Takahashi and Ishimori to take advantage of the space because they take the fight up into the crowd. Yeah. There's that spot where they're in like halfway up the stands, and there's a long aisle away, and, and, and Ishimori's down. Takahashi runs the opposite end, sprints, drop kick, and he picks him up, tries to powerbomb him down the stairs. And instead, Ishimori reverses it, Hurricane Rana, and uh, Takahashi tumbles down the stairs. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. And it was tons of fun. Um, back in the ring, it gets pretty brutal for a, 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 a juniors match. Kind of interesting, too. Uh, I mentioned this. Uh, Dave Meltzer gave this match. He went crazy for this match. He gave it five and a half stars said he would have given it six stars had it not been so dangerous. Yeah. Um, there was the, really, the stair spot might have been dangerous. I don't know. Yeah, that seemed a bit goofy, but those stairs are no joke. I mean, they were concrete. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, there was that, there was that, uh, that uh, butterfly pile driver that Takahashi did Ishimori. like he dropped him right in his head. That, uh, yeah. that looked kind of dangerous. That was like the one thing that I was like, oh, wow, I could see, I could see what he's talking about there. Um, and yeah, there was a lot of, there, there was a lot of throwing people upside down mm-hmm. and then landing on the you know back of their head, yeah, back yeah. of their head. But also, there's a lot of submission action in this. Uh, Ishimori mm-hmm. really had Takahashi fighting to get out of a crossface at a couple points, and then uh, Takahashi was employing the triangle yeah. twice to, re- to wear down Ishimori. Yeah. So it wasn't just strictly a battle of of you know high flyers with some strikes in it. Yeah. You know, they were they were showing the full range of the repertoire during the course of this match. Yeah, but it was it was a 34-minute match, um, really long match, and uh, it, the action never let up. Like, even when they were taking it to submission holes, even in the, the cross-face uh, stuff, um, it was there was always action going on, especially, like, that was that's one thing that's sort of that you get from, like, red shoes mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. if there's, if the movement 
by in necessity of the story sort of stalls he's always doing something you know yeah, yeah yeah and that's sort of necessary to keep the perception of the match as it's flowing you know yeah yeah no every so. time there was someone in a submission move for longer than like 30 seconds he was getting down there mm-hmm, yeah asking if they give up and the crowd was getting really into he it. adds so much to the mm-hmm. to the urgency of the match definitely yeah definitely Number six. Oh, I should have said uh, Takahashi went over with yeah, the Yeah, Takahashi went over with bomb. the time bomb, yeah. yeah. Number six. Six. Alistair Black versus Johnny Gargano. Takeover War Games. War Games? War Games. John. So, of course, this, this match happened because John attacked Alistair mm-hmm. in the parking lot. Yeah. Because Alistair got hurt and they had to ride him off TV for a while. I must absolve you of your sins. But I will say this. Adding Alistair Black into the story, A, was great. Yeah. Because he adds this extra dimension. Because one one of his things is like no man is truly good good or evil, which we have seen in Johnny Gargano. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you know we we never really we don't like seeing people get hurt. That's true. But uh, having to change up the story because of Alistair Black's injury and maybe prolonging this feud, I think um, as we just saw with the cage match this last episode of NXT, which which was fantastic. Yeah. And maybe they were gonna go this route at some point. But the way, the time they're able to take now with Gargano's story especially is proving to be really effective. Because um, if they had kind of rushed into the story beat, which we had in the cage match, where DIY kind of has a bit of a reunion to defeat Aleister Black, it might have felt rushed if it happened as scheduled. Yeah. Yeah, it was a bit fortuitous because mm-hmm. we also got the, you know, the, a feud this long should take um, a couple of twists and turns and the you know when 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 things go south sometimes inspiration can hit and so you get the who attacked alistair black summertime storyline yeah um which i thought was a lot of fun Mm -hmm. it added a lot of intrigue it sort of was a side quest if you will um and then that made uh johnny gargano's uh heel turn reveal um a bit more uh impactful but he is he's he's so delusional he doesn't think in his mind, the ends justifies means. Mm-hmm. Alistair got in his way of achieving what he, what Johnny thinks he needs to do to prove himself out as the hero, which is defeat Champa to become mm-hmm. champion. Yeah. And he's completely unaware that he's essentially turning into Champa mm-hmm. because of his own personal ambitions. Yeah. But anyway, this match was fantastic. Johnny Gargano could pretty much do no wrong in NXT this year, especially on takeovers. Um, and this is by far Alistair Black's best match in NXT. Oh, I agree totally, yeah. The action was completely nonstop. Mm-hmm. They never let up. Yeah. And at, but at no point did it ever sacrifice the story they were telling. Yeah, there was no rest holds, none, none of that, man. None. It just went going, boom, 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 Like boom. 18 minutes, just action-packed. There was that great spot where uh, 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 Johnny was going for the suicide dive, and Alistair just need him square in the face. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I could watch this match a couple Oh, it was times. fantastic. Gargano's great, though, man. I mean, you'll see him a couple times on this list. Oh, yeah. and uh, Twice more, in fact. Yeah, and uh, it, it just goes to, to show when you have somebody in there who can take a really good wrestler like Aleister Black, that guy, you know, Gargano can bring anybody from really good to really great yeah. um, in one match. So the towards the end of this, Johnny's taking a, a, a butt whipping. He gets uh, or he's on the ground. He's like, all right, give me a black mask. Do it already. Um, and then he, uh, I believe Alistair lifts him up with his foot, prepare him. Johnny rolls him up, tries to. Alistair kicks at it too and goes right to the Gargano escape. Tricked him. He tricked Alistair. John. 
Um, nonetheless, though, uh, Alistair rocks Johnny with a spinning knee, falls with the black mask, but instead of letting him fall to the mat and pin him, he props him up using himself so yeah. Gargano's head's resting on his chest. Yeah. And he's kind of moving with them so Johnny won't fall, and he says to him, I absolve you. Say it. John. I absolve you of your sins. And it kind of bounces him off his chest. Another black mass. <laughs> the cre- it's funny wins. because this is a spinning heel kick. But the creativity with which he can, you know, uh, hit that yeah. thing is absolutely off the charts. We oh, saw it again uh, this past week. I, I know we're, this is airing on New Year's Eve. but uh, So there's been one NXT since then. It might have been a clip show. Who but knows? that was probably a clip show. Yeah, it might have been. Um, and, uh, and so, you know, in the cage match... You know, it was just super creative there too, mm-hmm. and it's just like he can he can kick it out of nowhere. He can set it up. Yeah, they can do interesting ways of reversing it. Yeah, um, yeah, it's 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 absolutely. Good. I, my my favorite use of the black mask, I think, is even in non match situations, like when yeah, he just yeah. drops Tommaso Ciampa during that promo segment yeah, two yeah. weeks ago. Yeah, so the finisher then come out of nowhere, and those are usually the best. John, yeah, it was fantastic. Uh, anyways, Larson, before we continue on with our list of top 10 matches of 2018, here are a few words from our sponsor of today's show, Robinhood. Robinhood is an investing app that lets you buy and sell stocks, ETFs, options, and cryptos all commission-free. Robinhood strives to make a non-intimidating way for stock market newcomers like us to invest for the first time with confidence. Robinhood aims to make financial services work for everyone, not just the wealthy. And Robinhood makes it easy to do. Robinhood is simple, intuitive, and features a clear design that allows me to digest information easily, which is a very important thing for me if I'm going to digest information. Yes. For example, Robinhood offers easy-to-understand charts and market data, which which proved to be extremely useful for... I can't talk right now. I'm sorry. Which proved to be extremely useful for investing novices like Steve and I, with Robinhood, you can learn how to invest as you build your portfolio. Also, there are no commission fees. Other brokerages charge up to $10 per trade, but with Robinhood, you pay no commission fees, which means you keep all your profit. And right now, Robinhood is giving listeners a going in raw a free stock like Apple, Ford, or Sprint to help build your portfolio. Sign up at goinginraw.robinhood.com. That's goinginraw.robinhood.com. And thank you to Robinhood for sponsoring today's show. And it really, really does help Going In Raw if you check out goinginraw.robinhood.com. Moving on, Larson. Number five. Five. North American title ladder match takeover New Orleans. This was probably the most fun match of the entire year. Listen to this this uh, lineup here. Ricochet, Lars Sullivan, Adam Cole, Bebe, EC3, Velveteen Dream. Uh, my goodness gracious. What a what a beautiful, beautiful oh, match. So good. I, uh, I was here, I think, in the office. I was about to, because I came by to get something, I think, because it was a Saturday night. Yeah. I was about to head back home. I think I was cleaning up or something, and I turned it on, and I was just like, oh, this is happening now. Okay. I just sat down and I just loved every second of it. It was a beautiful, beautiful match. They gave it a ton of time. It was almost an hour, I think. Yeah. Between the opening of the show and, and this match. And it, it was Ricochet's takeover debut. Yeah. Star making performance. Yeah. For Ricochet. Yeah. Um, uh, it wasn't Adam Cole's uh, takeover debut, but again, star making performance from Adam Cole. Well, he won. Yeah. 
think it was EC3's first takeover match too. I think so, yeah. Yeah. I think it was, yeah. Yeah, because they, they sort of, right before this, they reloaded. Mm-hmm. Let's see, this is New Orleans, so that was Mania. So yeah, after... April, yeah. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, I guess around the Rumble, they started reloading a, a bit. A little bit, yeah. EC3, uh, well, Lars was a bit... You know, before was, that, but Ricochet came in beginning of the year. Yeah, yeah, so EC3 and Ricochet, yeah. Yeah, and just tons of fun. All sorts of great spots. Uh, pretty early on, Ricochet... Shows off his aerial skills, hitting a shooting star press on Delars and Killian Dane. Oh, and Killian Dane, that's right. That's right. He was in that, too. Um, There's a spot where where, uh, Velveteen Dream just started uh, dropping purple rainmakers on everybody. Yeah. For a bit, Adam Cole and EC3 forged a bit of an alliance until uh, EC3 made fun of Adam Cole. And then EC3 ate a super kick. Yeah. Um, Oh, that's right. Velveteen did a purple rainmaker off the ladder on Delars Sullivan. (sighs) Yeah, um, we got to see a, saw a Vader bomb from the, Dane uh, onto EC3 I under a ladder. The uh, Dream Without Valley on his back. The Dream Valley driver uh, onto the bridge ladder on a ricochet. Mm-hmm. Oh mm-hmm. man! Oh, I know. There's that two sim- uh, simultaneous spots. Yeah, where I think Lars Sullivan drove someone through a ladder that was propped against the ring, and then the other side, it was uh, someone else getting put through it. Oh yeah, it was Killian Dane doing a Mishinoki driver with Cole. On to ricochet while he was on a ladder going through it. Yeah, that was crazy. And the the thing, one of the things that I remember about this match too was Velveteen Dream. Maybe it was because he was surrounded by guys who had already established themselves: EC3, Adam Cole, Ricochet. And so much of what he was doing, and I know they plan these things out well in advance, but so much of what he was doing had a little bit of, I don't want to say sloppiness, I want to say recklessness about it. Like at one point when he got on the ladder, his foot falls through, you know, yeah, like yeah. on a bridge ladder, yeah, yeah. his foot falls yeah, through that. a little yeah, bit. Yeah. And he was wrestling with a, a, a certain level of abandon. Yes. Yes. It felt like it, it really gave the impression that he was upping his game. He was going a little bit outside of what was comfortable for him. Yes. Because he's in there with, the kind of talent that he was in there, yeah, yeah. he needs to make sure he's not getting overshadowed because exactly. that's his big thing. Exactly, is nobody can nobody can out dream the dream, you know. Yeah, um, and I remember that, and so for me, it was it was very much a star making performance in, in, for him in that he was able to keep up with the other established talent that had been it around was for pretty a while. much a star making performance for everybody. Pretty involved. much, yeah. Um, even to- even Lars Sullivan, even Lars Sullivan who you wouldn't expect to have like a big performance in a ladder match because he's just a big dude. Well, he was giving people freak accidents off ladders all over the place. Yeah. 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 Um, the end saw Ricochet kind of leap in from out of nowhere, tackles Lars off a ladder. That looked ugly too. I remember yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, Adam Cole is climbing up the ladder. Ricochet gets up, climbs to Cole dumps him off. He grabs the title. He is the first NXT North American champion. Yeah. Belt he uh, held for quite a while before losing it to Ricochet. He looked like a million bucks with that title, and he has uh, promised that in 2019, the Undisputed Era will be draped in gold. Yes. So, yeah. See if that comes to pass or if they get draped in gold up on the main roster. Uh, Either way, hopefully. Number four. Four. Charlotte versus Becky. Last woman standing at WWE Evolution. Do you think this is supposed to be the initial blow off of their feud? Like if Becky hadn't got hurt and faced Ronda at Survivor Series. Yeah. 
Yes. I don't think they would have proceeded as they did. Because it probably still would have been Charlotte Ronda at Mania. Charlotte probably won, would have won the Women's Rumble face Ronda at Mania. Yeah. Yeah. Although, so I think that was the plan. I do, I do think, though, that it would have ended up being more certainly a triple threat. I, I'm not sure that... Yeah, Becky's it, momentum was such. It would have been such, hard to keep her out of the main event. It would have been yeah. really difficult to yeah. keep her out of the main event. Yeah. Um, I don't know. We might have eventually, we might have seen the main event be a fatal four-way. Mm-hmm. I, I, it seems like they're still going to go with singles matches, but I, I'd like to think that it's going to be a fatal four-way mm-hmm. at Mania uh, 35. So, um, so yeah, I don't know, but probably I would imagine so. I mean, Becky won uh, de- uh, decisively here at Evolution. Yeah, it was a long, brutal, brutal match. This match probably been higher in my mind, except for one thing, Mike Kyoto. Oh yeah, that really bugged you. It bugged me a little bit. Yeah, yeah, it didn't really bug me all that much. I felt like yeah, uh... maybe it's just maybe the match was so good. Otherwise, like in my mood that day, I felt like I needed to be had to have a quibble about it. And since I couldn't fault anything that Becky and Charlotte were doing, I just the the like Kyoto. I don't know. This felt like he was implementing the rules irregularly. See, I'm a fan of the human element in refereeing, in general. Um, and there's a couple instances where the drama could have been heightened. That moment where Becky was burying Charlotte under office chairs and that, traps a table and stuff. Well, that's a producer thing, though. I understand, but you take it out on the ref because, yeah, because the ref is he's the guy the manifestation that's implementing of him. the authority out in the ring. Yeah. So if he is starting to count while Becky's throwing stuff on top of Charlotte, that enhances the drama of the story being told. But I get the point of view that there's still action. I get happening. That. I've seen it go either way, and I prefer the way where you can start counting while action is happening, so long as the person's down. Yeah. Um, I do. Here's. I think here's the, here's the thing that I like about Kyoto's role in this because you you made such a point about it, and I think one thing that I actually really appreciate about it is that to me it added an element of uncertainty and, and unpredictability to the match to a match that was already steeped in it. It's like, well, this is happening. What's going to happen? You know, this guy is acting because you're right. He was the the he was implementing the rules a bit inconsistently, mm-hmm. and. Uh, and but I there's a part of me that kind of liked it, you know. He was sort of a part of the story, another element to the story that could add some drama and intrigue well, I, I to it. I kind of feel like a good referee is like a good um, umpire or something. You don't you only notice them when they're doing something wrong. Oh no way, man! Look at Nick Patrick. Anyways, yeah, pretty much everything he did was wrong. I know it was great. He was the NWRF man. How was that guy still? How was that? How did that guy still have a job? QRF. Um, I don't know. But yeah, some of the bits in this match. Um, uh, I mean, dude, there's kendo sticks. Uh, what was the? I'm trying to differentiate uh, between. Oh yeah, I remember that bit where Charlotte put Becky on the table. It didn't break the first time. Hit the, hit the moon salt. Table didn't break. They try again. And she does the senton. She, the senton broke right <laughs> through it. That was awesome. Oh yeah, Charlotte putting the Becky uh, putting Becky into the figure eight with the ladder. Mm-hmm. Becky broke it up with a chair to the there leg. There was the, the, the leg drop off the ladder onto Charlotte when she's on the announce table. Yeah, just so much good stuff. Yeah. And uh, we thought that after that leg drop, um, Charlotte got up at nine, and then Becky starts burying Charlotte, like I said, under, under office chairs, piece of the table, steel chairs. And Charlotte got out again. We're like, oh, wow, there's more to this match. Mm-hmm. And then they produced, uh, they were, oh, sorry, they produced kendo sticks early on. Um, Charlotte goes after Becky with the kendo sticks, hits a spear. And the finish, uh, a, a table was set up on the floor. Um, 
Charlotte sets up Becky on it, goes up for a moonsault. Um, Becky gets up, hits a power bomb through the table. She wins. And she gets the win, yeah. Great, 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 great match. And if this had been their blow-off match, it had been special by itself. But the fact this feud's probably going to keep going for a while. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's introduced the, the sort of the Charlotte element to things. Um, they made a turn with her character. I mean, obviously, she was a proxy for Be- for Becky Lynch um, in that match against Ronda. But then they quickly series. pivoted to a, in a direction that would further the feud between the two of them. Yeah, yeah. And we'll see what happens at the Rumble because was it yesterday, on the twentieth? Yeah, it was announced that on main event. On main event, that Becky was going to challenge Oscar for the women's title on the Rumble, and then today on the twenty-first, they say no. Yeah, not official. Page in character said, "I tried to make this match as my last act as GM." And nice try, WWE. Didn't work. Someone just screwed up. Yeah, Someone that's marketing just screwed really up. weird. That is thought, well, really no one's going to watch main events. We'll announce it and just to see how it. How it goes over, and maybe it got dumped on because people were like, "No, we want Ron- we want Becky in the Rumble because we I, want her face." Okay, Ronda. so let me ask you that: Do you think that was the reason they pulled it? No, I think because people just, dumped on it. No, I think someone just screwed up. Yeah, I think somebody messed up. Yeah, but that's a weird thing to mess up. That's kind of a huge thing to mess up. Yeah, it's but why would a match of that magnitude be announced on main event purposely? So it, there's a lot of weird going. Doesn't on make there. any sense. Was that a disgruntled employee's last day? Maybe. Maybe, I don't know. That Honestly, that makes the most sense. Kind of does. Probably isn't the case, but that makes the most sense. Of Wrestling the, is weird. Of all the possibilities, I guess that would might make the most sense, yeah. yeah I don't know. That's, that's it's perplexing, I'll tell you absolutely what. Absolutely bizarre. Really perplexing, Steve. We'll have to watch that. We uh, should investigate it. All right, I'm down to investigate. What can we do apart from watching main event? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. Dang. We get email WWE. They won't respond. Meltzer. He won't know. Brad Shepard. No. Ringside news. <laughs> about uh, Mike Johnson over at PW Insider. Perfect. Ryan Satin. There you go. Yeah. He's a trusted source. He's a trusted source. Him and who else do we pay? Who else do we regurgitate over here going in wrong? Mostly the usual suspects. Yeah, pretty much. Wrestling Inc. Let's move on. Yeah, let's move on. Number three. Three. Johnny Gargano versus Tomasa Ciampa. Unsanctioned match. NXT New Orleans. So I'll set this up a little bit. Ciampa came back at NXT TakeOver Philadelphia. We'll get to that match in a little bit. Um, Gargano lost while trying to get the title off Almas. He wanted a rematch. He's willing to put up his NXT career um, in exchange for another title shot. Almas and Zelina Vega agreed. This That match happened on episode of NXT TV. Ciampa came out, cost Gargano the match and his job. And from that point on, Gargano was just going after Ciampa whenever every chance he got. That led to this unsanctioned match at NXT TakeOver New Orleans. Um, and if Gargano won, he would get his job back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And it was fantastic. Yeah, it was, it was an absolute. This is a phenomenal match. This year was really special for TakeOvers. Yes. It was really special. for. There was not one. That didn't have, in my mind, like a five-potato match. Yeah. And this um, was definitely like a six-potato match. And this was Tommaso Ciampa's return match, his first real match since returning from injury. Mm-hmm. And so this is the debut of his new theme music, which was Chorus of Booze. Yes. He had no theme at this point. He had a couple yeah, a couple takeovers with no theme music. Yeah, just until booze. he won the title pretty much. Yeah. yeah. At which point he says, I'm tired of hearing you boo me, so I have new music. Yeah. And it's great. Um, and this was just... Honestly, this is what the Dean Ambrose, Seth Rollins feud should be. Oh, yeah, for sure. This level of intensity. Yeah. 
uh, where there should be like palpable dislike yeah. between the two opponents instead of, oh, we have to have a wrestling match now. Each one trying to be violent yeah. and not just wrestle. Yeah. But I don't know if Vince is interested in this level of storytelling because the use of symbolism and metaphor throughout this storyline has been really impressive. It's, the crutch is just not a crutch. It means something. Yeah, but Dean burned his shield vest in an oil drum. Uh, Isn't that the same thing? No, it's the most superficial display <laughs> of breaking up a group. Um, the knee brace, just as in a knee brace, it means something. And so when it's used in this match, this is not, they're using weapons. There's a purpose behind it. Mm-hmm. Um, in the finish of the match where, where Ciampa takes off his knee brace, the knee that he hurt uh, in DIY's last match, um, in an attempt to break Gargano's face only for Johnny to use that knee brace against him, pretty much using his own anger, Trump's own anger against him, um, was it's just great stuff. Yeah. Yeah. We don't get this level of storytelling in wrestling very often. And when we do, I really appreciate it. That's why NXT is the best man. It really is. It's the, it's the art house cinema of, of wrestling. Yeah. Especially WWE. Yeah. Um, early on Ciampa exposed the concrete ringside, pulled the mat back. We knew we were getting a concrete bump. Oh, yeah. And it happened not too much longer because Gargano powerbomb. It's another situation where if someone introduces an element into the match, they're the one who ends up taking it because Gargano powerbomb Ciampa off the apron onto the concrete. Um, Crutch comes into play, tug of war over it. Gargano wins, destroys Ciampa with it, hits him over the head, slingshot DDT, exposes the turnbuckle. Um, Ciampa starts hitting a ton of knees. First off a slingshot spear, and then one to the back of Johnny's head. Um, Johnny locks into Gargano escape. Uh, Ciampa works the eyes, gets out. Um, at one point, Ciampa loosens his wrist tape. Uh, Gargano gets a hold of it. They start trading punches. Low blow, and he destroys uh, uh, the crutch over Gargano's back. Ciampa hits the finisher. Gargano kicks out. Um it's just so much going on. There's yeah. so many notes I have for yeah. this. I'm trying to just make it a list. There's one point where, uh, towards the end, Gargano has this busted piece of crutch, and he has the he could he could use it and probably destroy Champa with it, and he does it. I'm trying to find that spot on here. I'm sorry. Um, there it is, because Champa's all cowering, mm-hmm. and and Gargano says, "No, I can't. I can't." You know, be seduced by the dark side. Can't succumb to my own anger and hatred for this man. Um, and so we have that moment where Gargano sit next to Champa, yeah, hearkening back to the cruiserweight classic. Yeah, great moment. Yeah. After they had their match there, and Gargano showing a measure of sympathy for this man. And then Champa swings at Gargano with the knee brace. Uh, Gargano ducks, locks in Gargano ex- escape. Uh, Gargano switches to an STF with the knee brace across Champa's face. Champa tamps out. Gargano out, yes. tamps out. Yes. And their yeah. follow-up match, the next takeover, was really good, too. Yeah, it was yeah, fantastic. The street fight. That was really good. And that was sort of uh, where Gargano started to, started his decline yeah. into darkness. He had a choice whether he could have just won the match, but instead he went for more brutality and mm-hmm. it costed him. Yep. And from there, he's been obsessed. He's never been the same since. John. John. Number two. Two. Johnny Gargano versus Andrade Almas take over Philadelphia. This might be my favorite, personal favorite match of the year because it was like 40 minutes and it never let up. Yeah. Never let up. Yep. This is back in uh, when Johnny was in pure underdog babyface mode. Um, kind of came out of nowhere to get this title shot. He pinned Aleister Black after interference from Undisputed Era in a, in a number one contender match. 
Um, and it was a completely unexpected participant in that match in the first place. Um, so it was a really surprise title opportunity for Johnny Gargano. And he was hot. Mm-hmm. Hot. Yeah. Coming into this match. And the crowd was super into it from the very beginning. Not very often do I watch matches back to back. But this one, as soon as I finished, I was like, man, I got to watch this again. Yeah. Because yeah. it was just. Magnifique. Is this one where Vega was uh, uh, bugging uh, Johnny with that DIY shirt? No, that happened way. That well, happened maybe before, didn't it? Yeah, it happened a long time ago. That happened when, they, when Almas and Gargano had a match, like right after DIY's breakup. Mm. That was at full sale. Yeah. They were in a bit of a mini feud. Let me ask you this. Mm. I don't know how far in advance NXT plans stuff. But if you look at it, things kind of come do, do come full circle quite often. Yeah, sure. Because who was Aleister Black's first NXT match against? Uh, we were there for it. It was Andrade Almas. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. And who did Aleister beat for the title? Andrade Almas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, Johnny's first kind of feud after DIY's breakup was against Almas. Mm-hmm. And all kind of comes full circle with this. Yeah. Yeah. It's good storytelling. It'll be interesting to see to prove to see if that theory gets proved out. If Black ends up getting the title back, if he gets into a thing with Adam Cole in the Unspeeded Air, because his for uh, two uh, uh, Redragon, both Bobby Fish and uh, what's his face, uh, both Bob, lost took these their guys. Yeah, took their loss to Alistair Black. What did I say when they had when Adam Cole and Alistair Black had their match? I said whoever won that match was going to be the next champion, but mm. eventually I thought the other person was going to take it off him. Yeah, yeah. And Aleister Black won that match, and he won the belt. Or it could be Velveteen Dream taking off Aleister Black, mm-hmm. which would be great because they're... They have their story, his, yeah. Dream's breakout feud yeah. was that feud right yeah. there. Yeah, But, I mean, that's the thing. That's the benefit of keeping people for a longer spell <clears throat> in NXT, sort of going through classes. Mm-hmm. Um, it Because you've got these amazing stories... And they're going to be facing each other over a two-year period um, or a one-year period, or in some, type, some cases, a two-year period. Mm-hmm. And so eventually when they come back around, there, there does seem to be, via coincidence or not, a sense of symmetry involved. Yeah. So it's just the benefit of, you know, it's not split brands. It's not too many people on the roster. You've got like three people at a time sort of, you know, at the top of the roster. Yeah. You know, Gargano, Black, Almas, and then Ciampa comes back, almost gets called up. So you yeah. got three people yeah, at the top yeah, of the yeah. card again. Yeah. This match was so good. It was a, this was a star-making performance for Andrade Almas, too. He's kind of, he won the title in a bit of a surprise against Drew McIntyre. Mm-hmm. Um, in a really good match. But this was far and away almost his best match he had in, in NXT. Um, he kind of got a slow start, though, too, because they brought him in as a face and just wasn't working. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then once he turned heel, they went to that kind of party boy thing. Once they brought in Zelina Vega, it really all started coming together. It really came together. And maybe for him, he didn't have to worry so much about the character aspects. He could just be him and go into the ring and perform like he's capable of. Because ever since then, he's been putting on some awesome matches. It seemed to be a matter of sort of right time, right place for Mm -hmm. him, right role. Like they found there was no strong heel at that point. Like Joe was gone, there was no strong heel guy. And so, you know, he was a great option, and he really ran with it, and he fit the role perfectly. I Mm -hmm. mean, you know, he wasn't the the flashiest sort of, you know, heel. He's not like a Ciampa type who you're going to, like, build your your, your company around. 
but he really serviced it well. You know, yeah. he did a yeah. good job just in the in the spot that he was in. And this is a situation too where almost had just won the belt, I believe, the previous takeover. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and you know, Gargano was super popular, so we were like, "Well, are they going to have almost dropped the belt already?" Yeah. I mean, we haven't really seen any transitional champions in NXT. Yeah, but then everybody kind of knew that Ciampa was. Kind of lurking somewhere. Lurking yeah. in the ba- yeah, he was yeah. coming back. Soon. And I think we all kind of assumed that he would interject himself during the match, mm-hmm. which didn't happen, which worked out well for almost because yeah. getting a clean win of this magnitude was huge for him. Oh yeah, for sure. And a clean win he did get, although Vega played a role until she was chased off by Candice LeRae. Um, Candice had just kind of debuted on screen, hopped over the barricade, chased Zelina off. Incidentally, one of, like, match a lot. one of the biggest disappointments of 2018 was sort of how they used uh, Candice LeRae. Well, they really haven't used her. Like they, yeah. Like they, you know, they did um, an intergender, I'm sorry, a mixed, mixed match. Gender, they did a mixed gender tag match at house shows between yeah. Vega and Almas and yeah. uh, uh, Candice and Johnny, and they never took that to television. They didn't, yeah. It's kind of a missed opportunity. Sure. Um, in the end, though, Almas, too much. That's a great spot where they're on the apron and it almost pushes Gargano back first into the ring post and follows up some double knees. Draping draping Hammerlock DDT gets the win. Mm-hmm. Fantastic match. Great stuff. Oh, that was a draping Hammerlock DDT. Yeah. Because after the fact, Ciampa started using draping DDTs I know. heavily with Gargano. Yeah. Again, storytelling. You know, that's where Ciampa was. Yep. That That is interesting to me. I wonder if the draping aspect of the Hammerlock DDT was something that they set up. He first started using it in their second match where he did it onto the uh, the exposed wood in the on the ring. Yeah. But since Boy, then he's been using it, yeah. That makes you wonder. You I know. know. Some good storytelling, man. Yeah. Anyways, uh, Gargano is helped up the ramp by Candice. A little copyright thing shows up. We think the show's over. Uh-uh. Nope. In runs Tommaso Ciampa with a crutch. Destroys it over Johnny Gargano's back. Ciampa is back. Yeah. Well, that was later on, I think. Or was that the first hit? Oh, no, that was the first hit. That was it. Yeah, yeah, that's when he came back. Started doing this. Yep. It was great. Great. Number one. One. Kazuchiko Kata versus Kenny Omega Dominion. New Japan Pro Wrestling for the IWGP Heavyweight Championship. I mean, they went 65 minutes. That's two out of three falls. Yeah. We were sitting in that back room at four in the morning on the edge of our seat for the entire 65 minutes. Yeah. That was a... Uh... That was an awesome Dominion as a whole. was a great card. Um, we were here for the live stream, like you said, and it didn't feel at all like it was in the middle of the night, and it didn't feel at all like it was as long as it was, probably a five-hour card. Um, this was, you know, maybe, according to Dave Meltzer, and it's, it's hard to argue after having seen this match, it's hard to argue this might be the greatest pro wrestling match of all yeah. time. I haven't seen every pro wrestling match. I haven't Nor seen have every I. match that is highly acclaimed. But holy crap, this is probably the best pro wrestling match I've ever seen. The way they reference their previous matches and their subsequent matches is really impressive. It's like they took the two-year feud Ciampa and Gargano were doing and they just packed all the references for their feud uh, over you know span of time into one match. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Because the, in the uh, time limit draw, there was that one spot where Kenny um, or Okada was trying to give uh, Kenny a rainmaker. Kenny collapses to avoid it. In this match, Okada tries to go for a rainmaker, collapses due to exhaustion. Mm-hmm. Just little things like that. Yep. And I remember there was, oh, was it Larry Otto, I think? Posted a gif of the second match in the lead up to this one where Kenny hits a rainmaker 
And as soon as he hits, he just kind of rolls over. So he's laying on his side. And Meltzer made a point of saying, see, this is, this is like the genius of wrestlers in terms of the story of the match. As they take that finisher, rather than just taking it and laying there, they have enough sense, again, kayfabe, to roll over a little bit so it's not an easy pin for their opponent. Yep. Little things like that you may not notice. Yeah. Boy, this is a great match. It's so good. It's so good. Best two out of three falls. First fall, roll up. Okada, one nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, I feel like pretty quickly after that, Kenny gets his first fall with a one-winged angel. It's the first time he was able to hit Okada with it and get a fall with it. Yeah. Because in their first match at Wrestle Kingdom, he couldn't get it off. Mm-hmm. Second match, he got it off. Okada got his foot on the rope. Mm-hmm. He finally hit it. He finally got a fall with it. Proven that he could actually do it. Yeah. So now it's 1 1 as a battle of who can get their finisher off, or Okada's case, a couple finishers off before the other person can. Yeah. And it's, it's a battle of attrition between these two guys, all sorts of knees, crazy moves, V triggers. I said knees already, tombstones, multiple rainmakers, a couple one winged angels. Okada hits two rainmakers. He counters the third into a German. So there's Okada reverses into a rainmaker. So three rainmakers. Then a reversal. And then Kenny pins Okada after a one-winged angel wins the title. And then afterwards, the Young Bucks, this is in the midst of the Bullet Club is fine, isn't fine business. Young Bucks walk down the ring, don't know what's going to happen. They embrace. Um, They seem to have made amends. And then uh, Kenny drops a promo, and at the end of which, Cody walks out on the ramp, walks to the ring, and just turns around and walks backstage. Yeah. Of course, this would lead to their match, their own brutal match. At uh, Strong Style. Oh, sorry, G1 Special in San Francisco in July mm-hmm. of this year. Yeah. Fantastic match. Yeah, absolutely brilliant match. Um, people are kind of mixed on Kenny's uh, title run thus far. Um, people are kind of mixed on the Golden Lovers thing. Uh, I think it's been fun. We haven't watched like as much. I haven't. We haven't watched as much New Japan as I would have liked to have. Well, I think the thing that's kind of mixed the most about it is the kind of the bullet club feud that just kind of fizzled out yeah yeah because they, they seem to be setting up especially at g1 special in san francisco you had tama tonga tonga loa haku coming out laying out everybody and then you were kind of expecting at least i was tama tonga to pick up a win over kenny in the g1 to lead to a title defense at power struggle the king of pro wrestling and it never happened yeah i wonder if i wonder if the perception and I mean, this could be this could be a little bit with how New Japan wanted to book out the the contract situation might have gotten in the way of some of that. If the Young Bucks had been already signed through another year, mm-hmm. if Kenny and Cody had been locked up or whatever, I know Cody was signed with Ring of Honor, but if New Japan knew for certain that they would have all these players yeah, in the yeah, mix, yeah. if we would have gotten something different, yeah, maybe. But that being said, you know, the G1 show in San Francisco was in July. That's still five months to do something. No, I agree. I know. I agree. But, you know, when you have other pieces of the pie of the, you know, of what they can do. I mean, that's one thing that New Japan seems to be pretty good about is just moving on. Yeah. You know, let's just do it and move on. Yeah. Um, it seems like they just sort of skipped the end and moved ahead to the whole Jay White thing. Mm-hmm. You know. Excuse me. And. Uh, Which I guess is to protect themselves should Kenny leave. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. yeah absolutely. So, um, so yeah, I mean, I, I'm really interested to see what New Japan does in 2019. Obviously, we're all on the on the edge of our seats wondering about this I'll Eat Wrestling thing. I'll Eat Wrestling? Yeah, that's what I call it now. Yeah, I'll so. Eat Wrestling. I'll Eat Wrestling. <laughs> Anyways, 
uh, yeah, we're all kind of wondering about that. But I'm sure regardless of where the Young Bucks go, of where Cody goes, of where Kenny goes, 2019 is going to give us so many more great, amazing matches, mm -hmm. uh, so many more great, amazing stories to mm -hmm. tune into. I'm looking forward to what TakeOver is going to bring us. Matt Riddle, Keith Lee, oh, top-notch, super best himself. Yes. yes. Dijakovic. I'm just going to call him Dijak. But That's then fine. saying Dijakovic is pretty funny. It is. Yeah. So anyways. So yeah, there you go. Best matches of 2018. Please, in the comments, let us know what you guys yes. thought. Yes. Give us suggestions. We missed anything. You know, we can't watch all the wrestling. We I mean, try to watch as much as we yeah, can. Give us, yeah, we've got some days of vacation coming up. We do. We have some time to check out some stuff. And yeah, very excited to bring Count Out back to you in 2019 on a weekly basis. That's right. I can confirm right now. Well, we'll it's back. We'll Till next time, we'll talk to you guys later. Bye. Be a part of Going In Raw today at patreon.com forward slash Steven Larson. Starting at $1 a month, you can enjoy Going In Raw ad-free, gain access to the daily 30-minute Going In Raw post-show, exclusive merchandise, and so much more. Support Going In Raw today. Click the link in the description. The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. Angie's List is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is, and it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today.